So Eric's asked me to do him a favor this morning and to read the scripture for him since his voice is a little rough. It's from the Jewish, the complete Jewish Bible, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Around this time, Emperor Augustus issued an order for a census to be taken throughout the empire. This registration, the first of its kind, took place when Quirinius was governing in Syria. Everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. So Joseph, because he was a descendant of David, went up from the town of Nazareth in the Galilee to the town of David called Bethlehem in Judea to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was pregnant. And while they were there, a time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him in cloth and laid him down in a feeding trough, because there was no space for them in the living quarters. In the countryside nearby, there were some shepherds spending the nights in the fields, guarding their flocks. When an angel of Adonai appeared to them, and the Shekinah of Adonai shone around them, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, because I am here announcing to you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in the town of David there was born for you a deliverer who is the Messiah, the Lord. Here's how you will know. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly, along with the angel, was a vast army from heaven, praising God in the highest heaven. Glory to God. And on earth, peace among people of goodwill. No sooner had the angels left them and gone back into heaven, than the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that Adonai has told us about. So hurrying off, they came and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the feeding trough. Upon seeing this, they made known what they had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. And Mary treasured all these things and kept mulling them over in her heart. Meanwhile, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It had been just as they had been told. Praise God. Good morning. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come into your house and be in your presence. Lord God, right now, I invite your presence into this place. We know, Lord, that you're already here, but we invite you here. As we've come together this morning to celebrate and remember the birth of our King, the birth of Jesus, our Savior. Lord, this morning, I pray that you would open the ears and the hearts of your people to receive your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch my lips with a refining coal, that I would speak only the words you give me, and none of my own. And Lord, also touch these vocal cords and let them hold out to bring the gospel, the good news of Christ Jesus. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think it's 
fair to say that King James takes the cake in the Christmas story, right? Because it gives this regal approach. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And it sounds gorgeous, right? But I chose this version for a specific reason. And I'm going to get to that in the second half of what I want to talk to you about this morning. But in churches all across America today, you've got pastors that are talking about the virgin birth and how amazing it is. And they're not wrong. It is amazing. But this morning, what I want to talk about, what I, what I heard the Lord shouting at me as I was getting ready for this, was look at the birth announcement. That's such a trend in our society, right? We have these birth announcements and they're, sometimes they're gorgeous. You know, you get these beautiful professional pictures taken and you send them out to all your friends and your family. You put them on Facebook. Make sure that everybody sees them. We have gender reveals. People blow stuff up, let pink and blue powder fly all over. But then you look at the birth announcement for Jesus. The King of Kings the king that would change everything. And an angel appeared to shepherds. The angel didn't scurry into a palace somewhere. The angel didn't go to the highest of government officials. The angel came to the lowest part of society and said, I bring good news. The angel came to the dirty people. Shepherds stink. I pointed at my parents while I said that. It's lambing season. <laughs> There's a specific smell that comes with that. In other words, don't hug my mom and dad today. <laughs> but they, they, this angel appears to these shepherds in the field. Who are they? Their best friends don't even speak. Oh, that didn't come out. Bah. <laughs> right? They're with sheep all the time. And yet, the angel of the Lord appears to them and doesn't just say, guys, you got to hear about this guy that's going to be born today. He says, I'm bringing you good news that will give great joy to everybody that ever hears it. Amen. 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 You got great joy this morning? Amen. Yes. And so then you say, Lord, why did you send an angel to the shepherds? Because certainly if you want the word spread, you're going to go to that high government office and say, get the word out. Send the messengers. But this king wasn't born for the palaces. This king was born for us. The shepherds. This king was born for everyone. And so if the angel appeared just in the palaces, just to the high governments, would we have ever found out? 
So the angel appears to the shepherds. And I like that it says they were terrified. Because, well, you think about it. If it's the middle of the night, it's probably pretty dark. And then this blast of light that starts talking to you. says, I bring you good news. Get ready for joy. This changes everything. This should be to all people. So the birth is announced to the shepherds so that the birth could be announced to us. Now, the reason that I selected the complete Jewish Bible for this message is because the complete Jewish Bible uses a word that is not standardly found in Scripture. And the word is Shekinah. And if you come to Wednesday evening Bible studies, we actually just talked about this word because it got, it got brought up in our Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice study. And we talked about the fact that it's not actually in the Bible. Being the way I am, I didn't have a firm answer for why it's not in the Bible. But I knew that I could find one. And so I started digging. And I started here in my complete Jewish Bible. And what I came to find is this. Of course, Shekinah is a Hebrew word. But because this word doesn't occur until the New Testament, we don't hear it. Because the New Testament, of course, was written in Greek, right? So, in the complete Jewish Bible, this is translated from a Jewish perspective. They go through and they, and they find the, we'll say the, the Jewish meaning to these phrases. And they put it into words. Because remember that the entire canon of scripture from cover to cover was initially meant for a Jewish audience. And so, in Luke chapter 2, we come across this word, the Shekinah of Adonai. Now, in our, in our English versions of scripture, it would say the glory of God shone around them, right? But in the Jewish mindset, that word just doesn't quite cut it. In the Greek, that word is doxa. And it means the most exalted state, which I like. But you see, in, in light of thinking through this as the birth of Christ changes everything, this new word, Shekinah, it doesn't show up anywhere in the Old Testament. And then you come into the birth announcement of Christ. And the Shekinah glory of God, it is physically a manifestation of God that descended to dwell among humanity. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a manifestation of God that descended to dwell among humanity. And that is how God had to announce the birth of his son. He said, glory is one thing, but 
kids, I'm stepping out. You're going to feel this. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. So I went through and I looked at the three common Hebrew words across the Old Testament to see why it is that we need this, we'll say, a new word. And so the most common word for glory in the Old Testament is the word kabod, and it just means glory. And the next one is hadar, and it means splendor. And the next one is parar, it means adorned. Those are the top three words for glory in the Old Testament. And then whenever you turn into the New Testament and you get into the Greek, you're looking at the word doxa continuously. It's talking about the glory of God and the glory of God is this exalted state. But when you look at it from this Jewish perspective, it's more than just the most exalted state. It's the most exalted state that came down from heaven for you. This changes everything. This morning I'm excited because we have not only a celebration of Christ's birth here today, but we're going to be celebrating baptisms. And so that's going to conclude the message for now because I'm going to invite our praise team forward. Uh, they're going to lead you in a special music while I run back and change. But God is so good to us, and I want you to hear um, the words to this song that I just discovered. Because when I think about the fact that Jesus came and changed everything, changed everything, I came across this song this week that really spoke volumes to me. Because at 29 years old, I've heard the same Christmas songs in church over and over and over and over again. And this year, for the first time, I heard a song that was released in 2020, and it's called, O Come, All You Unfaithful. And I'm, I'm not even kidding you when I say this. The first time that I heard it, and, and the singer opened and said, O Come, All You Unfaithful, I laughed, I thought it was a joke. I thought that somebody was mocking our Christmas hymn. But then I kept listening. Oh, come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable. Come, know you are not alone. Oh, come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying. Come, see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. The next verses are, O come bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come taste of his perfect love, come guilty and hiding, there's no need to run. See what your God has done. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come, though you have nothing. Come, he is the offering. Come, 
see what your God has done. And I heard that, I said, yes. The birth of Jesus changes everything because at the birth of Jesus, there was no more need to come as faithful, but rather there was a need just to come. Unfaithful, weary, broken, bruised, beaten, torn down, he was born for you. God is good. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand up and put your hands together for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, would you? Come on. That's the way the Spirit of God moves. Praise his holy name. Heavenly Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done in this house this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you would come, that you would hit this earth in flesh and bone with the idea to save us. This was never plan B because you knew all along that we would need you. You knew all along that we would fall short and that we would let you down. And yet, you chose us. Father, I am so grateful today for these people that chose you. Father, we thank you for a move of your spirit. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. For the ordinance that you've given us of baptism. That we might reflect before our fellow man. That we've died unto our old ways. And are raised to a newness of life. Because of Christ our King, Jesus our Messiah. We give you praise and glory. In his name alone. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen.